0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The phone is out. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never
1: go home. They never go home, though.
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> they have asked for that, really. Well yeah, you can laugh, I am to walk up. I'm a little bit of an idealist, but having said that, I want to be like me. Good evening, I'm talking about.
3: What did you want? Know, I just like to stay alive for six. I've been here for the new term. I said to you, I can say it to, you, say it to, you, say it to well, now. I'm down 12 fields and
2: we've seen them. What you doing down here? You're showing me, man.
0: <laughs> Look, I know everybody's delighted that Scotland did us a favor by blowing it against Labinia yesterday, thereby opening the door for us to get into the playoffs, but Spare a thought for permutation wankers such as myself. You're telling me it's now as simple as we beat Wales, we get into those playoffs. I Boring! Know. I, know, <laughs> on, I know, I know. This is
1: unbelievable, there's they, nothing to get excited about. They screwed you oh. right good over the weekend, didn't they? Uh, Hello uh, and
0: welcome to Monday's Irish Time Second Captain's Football Podcast, the relevance of which will self-destruct at around 7.45 this <laughs> evening. <laughs> so well, hope you're listening before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 9.30. Yeah. You could be listening while watching the game, who knows. Yeah. I was enjoying following all the scenarios over the weekend, or if I will say that. Belgium dug it out for us against Bosnia. In Group H, only for the bloody Cypriots to go and get turned over by Greece. That's serious
1: permutation wanker behaviour on, I'm not going to lie to you. I was
0: starting to bone up on Group I, Murph. Wasn't there where there was an I? Uh, group I, yeah. but there was. There is. In preparation for the big Ukraine versus Croatia tussle in Kiev tonight. That was going to be our last chance. We would have needed a draw on that one. But no need for any of that
1: now, because Scotland put, a, put in a
0: rather underwhelming performance in Ljubljana you want to know about my
1: permutation? Uh, the, the, my, the various decisions I made surrounding permutations... Ignore them? Yes. I said I'll come in on Monday and if there's any permutations that need to be explained to me, Owen will know that do that. Yeah, I mean I I now. Di- I was watching the second half of the or the last ten minutes of the Scotland game and I saw it was too old. I sent a little text out to our second cabinet's WhatsApp group. What what is the meaning of this effectively? <laughs> I mean I don't need to know on Sunday evening. I just need to know when the red light goes on in this studio. Yeah. You know, so that's that's key. Um, so, Scotland made it simple for you you, you are, yes. you're yes you 're very thankful for only one permutation wanker per WhatsApp group is required not anymore much, and you 're just showing off
0: in fairness to the scots there 's not much they could do, not much they could have done. The die was cast before the game last night, long, long before the game. in fact, if Gordon Strachan's post match comments are to be believed, genetically, we are behind said Scotland manager Gordon Strachan. The last campaign, we were the second smallest apart from Spain. So that means we have to pick a team tonight to try and combat the height and strength. Even at that, we couldn't combat their height and strength to set plays. Genetically, we have to work at things. Don't know if we can get big women and men together and see what we can do. <laughs> Tommy McGregor has emailed in, a Scotsman has emailed in on the back of that.
1: S- sorry, what's the name of our Scotsman? Tommy McGregor. <laughs> you sure we're not making this up now? Okay, this, email actually, yeah. this email actually came in from uh, Jock Mcstrap. Yes, yes. Okay, what does Jock have to say for himself? Your name's Kieran Murphy, by the way. I Well, that's true. That is. True.
0: Hi guys, can we talk about Gordon Strachan and his comments about genetics? Us Scots have to introduce a eugenics program immediately to grow taller and win the World Cup. What one physical characteristic do you think Ireland need to improve in order to dominate World Football. Have a nice week. Well, Tommy, our our week is fully dependent on what happens tonight, as you well know. But <laughs> we we'll have a nice Monday anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what we could do genetically. I mean, some would say what we need is to, you know, similar to the Spanish Armada, to have you know a coterie of you know a cohort of Spanish people land on our west coast, assimilate with the with the locals, and uh, by degrees, uh, you know, bring in a little bit of. Uh, you know Mediterranean flair. Mm-hmm. I'm more of the Yao Ming uh, persuasion, to be honest. We can still get bigger. Shane Duffy, if that's great, but what if we had eleven Shane Duffy's? Mm-hmm. But how do you pr- how do you propose we produce eleven Shane Duffies? Well, I mean, we, we are talking. I about mean, eugenics, are we? yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the the sure the the history of eugenics is checkered. <laughs> you know, it's a checkered history. What with your, you know, Chairman Mao. Uh, Nazism, uh, you know. I mean, it. I think it's a, it's a, it's a damaged brand. Some would say toxic. Mm. In other ways, you know, maybe with maybe if it, we can add some regional uh, changes to the situation, that would you know be beneficial to all. That's all I'm saying. You I know have no what I mean? idea what you're
0: talking about, Murph, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm okay. happy to go. I'm happy to trust you on this one.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I, I just think it that seem like ge- you know what you're doing. We can't do a whole lot more genetically than. Than, than that yeah. really you know I mean after that release, really just down to blind luck
0: Daryl Hanbury tweeted us to ask if we could just play on a loop the Germany montage for Shane Long to boost his confidence for tonight that tweet was sent before the news came in that Shane Long is ruled out unfortunately apparently with the hip injury so we'll change it up for you Daryl we will play the montage in honour of our fallen number 9
1: And Randolph that is long. Das ist keiner Zeit. Die Shane Longs in behind the defense. Shane Long against Moier. What a goal! Stellungsfehler. Hector. Und da
2: ist
3: das Tor. Die Iren führen mit 1: 0 in der 70. Minute. Ah, Magnifique. Porté par un public en l'irlande
1: Irland kann glauben an das Erwirkt. Ganz an Super Sub. Shane Long. Shane Long. What a moment! Shane Long can take the lead.
0: That's on the trick for Simon Hick anyway.
1: Practically dancing around the studio there. And why wouldn't it, Own? Why wouldn't it? It's uh, it's exciting stuff. It's, well, I mean, it is tinged with a hint of regret. I mean, that goal was one of the most amazing moments of my entire sport-watching life. Uh, it won't be repeated tonight not no, by no, that player anyway not tonight anyway
0: don't forget if you want to hear all the reaction to what happens tonight you do not have to wait until next Monday people for crying out loud all you have to do is sign up to the World Service right now and you can hear Ken's post-match debrief from Cardiff tomorrow as well as all the rest of our daily podcasts throughout the week I'd almost say it's your patriotic duty to sign up this week given what's at stake this evening in Cardiff it's only a five a month plus VAT and you can do it all on secondcaptains.com Ken's in Cardiff hi Ken Hi Owen, how are you? Well, I am okay. I'm a little bit deflated with the news that Shane Long is out. What's the detail there? A Hip problem, apparently.
3: Yeah, apparently so. And this this must have been something that happened last um night in training. You know, there's no hint of it at the uh press conference. I mean, O'Neill was asked for an injury, said everyone's fine. Um so this must have been happening. This must have happened after that when they went when they went to train. And it is a big um it's a big blow. I mean, I know, okay, Shane Long hasn't scored in 75 years or whatever it is. But I actually thought that against Moldova, uh, I mean, he, he missed all these chances, clearly. Uh, he, he missed he, – he should have scored three. He had three quite simple chances. Uh, and he missed them. And, and you know, and I know that some people were kind of like, well, I mean, how, how many times does this guy have to – you know, how many times is, is he going to – to? I mean, we do actually have other strikers in the squad but I kind of felt that himself and Murphy just the fact that he got those chances in the first place was kind of a good sign. I think with, with you know he he often hasn't had the chance to play with a strike partner when he's been playing for Ireland he's often been up front by himself or on the right or some so, some other thing like that. Um so to play with a big center forward like Murphy was giving him a bit more space and he was finding little pockets of space and having chances which of course he was he was butchering, but at least he was getting the chances. And I'm sure that he would have been playing tonight. I I think that O'Neill was planning to play, you know, two strikers, uh, Murphy and Long. Now he can't do that, and I'm wondering what uh, what the response is going to be because this is a kind of a, this is a situation we haven't really seen before. I still think he's going to want to play two strikers, but the question is, who does he go for?
0: Yeah, well, that's a big question. We'll get into it with Richie in a little while. There's very little experience to come in to the to, to the front line there. If Shawne McGuire is the one who came off the bench the other night, would Shawnee McGuire be in line to start this pivotal World Cup qualifier? It's an amazing story if he is.
3: I know, it really is. But I mean this it's not just it's it's not just McGuire. I mean there's also like um you know Scott Hogan. Um there's McLean. McLean is an option up front yeah. because I know that McLean uh, he he has actually done that. Like O'Neill has played McLean as a striker, I'm I'm trying to remember if it's happened in a competitive game. Um, it's he's definitely tried it in friendlies. And McLean is our, I mean, McLean and Murphy are our two top scorers in the group, uh, with three goals apiece. Um, and if you move McLean there, then that creates a space in midfield, which would mean that you could either, I mean, there, there's been this sort of debate: oh, where should Robbie Brady fit in? You know, there's people kind of suggesting maybe Robbie Brady, Brady should play left back. I kind of always feel as though Robbie Brady should be in midfield just because he's, you know, one of our best sort of technical players and, and I, I like having the good technical players in midfield. Um, uh, and, and Ward has been playing well. I think it would be really harsh on Ward to to lose his place to accommodate Robbie Brady, which is a change that I don't think really needs to be made. So, But it does create a space for possibly Calum O'Dowd or Harry Arter in midfield if McLean was to... Was to play up front with Murphy. I mean, the, the problem obviously is that McLean isn't actually a striker, hmm. and you know maybe you know it's one thing it's one thing being a player who's able to score goals, which McLean is or has been for Ireland. It's another thing actually playing up front in a huge World Cup qualifier. Uh, you know, I think maybe then the, the shortcomings might be the fact that he doesn't really know the position as 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 a you know as a natural striker should i mean you know what if he's running offside or um you know this kind of hold of play the strikers are expected to do which obviously McLean isn't really used to i mean it may be it may be too much of a risk but at the moment it doesn't really look as though we've got too many terrific options i mean you you you're either going to be playing um an inexperienced uh, striker like you know maguire or hogan uh, who has basically no um no history with the no history with the team, or, uh, you know, I mean, just it's, or it's, one it's striker
0: difficult. or Daryl Murphy up front on his own is the other option.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we need to win this game. You know, Murphy up front on his own, I think would be a bit of a negative move. I mean, it depends. You know, who do you have? Who do you have? Sort of supporting Murphy. I mean, you know, Murphy gives you a target. Uh, but you need to have players close to him to capitalise on any opportunities or any space that he helps to create. You know, so it's hard to know. I mean, is it is it a it's it's a really really big judgement call actually. You know, I mean, because because O'Neill does not like usually. I don't think he he really likes playing inexperienced players. I mean, when I say inexperienced, I don't mean inexperienced in football, but inexperienced with the team.
0: Well, he threw Shane Duffy in for yeah. a competitive debut in the middle of a major championship. He's done it once or twice with players where he's, yeah. he's just got a next yeah. go and, for it. Yeah,
3: and he, and he did it with Duffy, I suppose, in a situation where he kind of felt he had to. Like yeah. he, he felt like, okay, this isn't working. You know, O'Shea and and Clark haven't worked in the two games so far. I have to do something. I have to change this, and this isn't a great option, but it's the only option and I have to do it. So it may be it, it's that type of situation. I maybe mean, maybe that's what it takes for Maguire Hogan, uh, you know, to start a uh to start a World Cup qualifier uh in in this cycle. Um it's it's a real it's a real big blow to the plans. It d- definitely is. I mean, anyone who is who was suggesting that, you know, maybe Long should have come out of the team anyway, I think was prob was probably wrong. Just, you know, he is he's one of the most experienced players in the team. I mean, he's got more than seventy caps. Um He's also the quickest player uh, in the team, which we're not really going to be able to replace. McLean probably comes closest, although he's more of a he's more of a
0: ten K man
3: Yeah. Yeah, than a than a real sprinter. So yeah, it's not it's not good. It's um it's another it's another um big setback to us. I mean we we're kinda of gloating a little bit over them missing Bale. Uh, I mean We're now missing I mean, Walters, we're now missing Seamus Coleman.
0: Coleman, yeah. Walters Coleman and uh, Shane Long. There are three yeah, of our, are that's a serious leadership
3: void there, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, I suppose if this, if this is the way it's going to be, that's the way it's going to be. And the chances there are maybe for somebody who has scored at some point within the last um, eight months or whatever it is to uh, uh, to come in and, and, and maybe it, it could end up being a, a stroke of luck. But but certainly it's just not something that really was, um, I think, expected. And it does throw the plans out of kilter a bit. Everyone is suddenly wondering, oh, wait, you know, what way are we going to suddenly approach this? It's definitely not what you want, you know. Tough to be thinking about in the morning of the game. I mean, the contrast with Wales really couldn't be more, couldn't be more uh, profound uh, in the sense that they know exactly what they're about. You know, this is kind of this has been their big virtue. I mean, Chris Coleman talking about the game plan. He literally mentioned the word game plan. 15 times We have a clip of that I'm going to
0: cut across it here yeah because we've got a little snippet of it this is just in one sentence I think he mentions it at least three times
2: We've always wanted to be in these games these big games where everything's on it and all eyes are on you and there's so much to play for because we've up until two years ago we've never been anywhere near it So, and now we are so absolutely looking forward to it great game nothing to fear nothing to worry about um, the occasion is what it is and it's, uh, it's great for us to be involved in it but we just got to go and We've got a game plan. We've always had a game plan, and our players approve that they're very good at executing whatever game plan we put in front of them. They execute it, and it's another one tomorrow.
0: Yeah, precisely three game plan mentions there.
3: Yeah, I mean, and and there was there was a total of fifteen. It was quite interesting actually to see the two Wales guys because Chris Gunter was in before Coleman. They didn't do the press conference together. Um, uh, the so Chris Gunter came in first so he's you know the reading defender current welsh player of the year um plays really well for wales uh, not so not so much for reading um and the interesting thing was that well this only became apparent when Coleman came in a few minutes later was that Chris Gunter just sounded exactly like Coleman it was like they they uh they were just reciting all the same talking points you know they 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 clearly were on message all like, oh, right Yeah, these these guys have a message. They know what the message is, and they're like, um, and here and here they are, like spitting it out. Whereas, whereas our guys, I don't don't think you really get that. Although it was, I mean, it was interesting because Darren Randolph came in with O'Neill, and so they did the press conference together. And Randolph said so little. It was just, it was honestly, it was it was practically it was on the point of being ridiculous. His his kind of um, apparent amusement at everything he was asked. Uh, and his reluctance to say anything. And I kind of started to wonder, is this because he doesn't want to say the wrong thing in front of Martin O'Neill? Like, he's not he's not quite sure what he should say. It was quite different from, say, Gunter. Gunter was like um, the the disciple of some cult, and he knew exactly what uh, the whole message of the cult was. And he's turned up at your doorstep, and he can rattle through the whole thing. And if and there's no difference between him and Chris Coleman turning up in terms of all the phrases that they use and all the the, the way that they were thinking about the game is exactly the same. I mean, you heard Coleman there saying nothing to fear. You know, it's just an occasion that we're going to enjoy uh, this. You know, he's trying to take the pressure off the players by making them think this way. History means nothing. 1958, that, that long period out of the World Cup, means nothing. Um, um, you know, game plan. Execute the game plan. We've always got a game plan. We look at the opposition. We look at what they're good at, what they're not so good at, and we make a game plan, and we execute that game plan. And then and Gunther's just saying all exactly the same stuff. So they obviously they really know what they're about. You know, they've kind of, they have a, they have a real sort of team. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they've been doing this for a couple of years, quite, you know, with a quite consistent squad. Um, so they've got a real identity, which I don't really think is evidence from listening to Irish players. I don't really think you get that sense of, you know, when an Irish player sits down and talks, you could be listening to Martin O'Neill, you know, I mean, <laughs> uh, or Roy Keane. Uh, you certainly didn't get that sense you know, from from Darren uh, from Darren Randolph yesterday, who, I, don't know, I mean, look, maybe it's not his scene, but like, please, let's not let's not have any more of that. It was just a waste of everyone's time.
0: Martin O'Neill, his message for what it was worth seemed to be that, the and seems to have been over the last few days, that the match against Italy in Lille is the one that he's looking to in terms of a reference point for this one, a match that we had to win and a match that we went and won. There's an obvious difference there the opponents this time also have to win or they most likely have to win and certainly a win opens up the possibility of even topping the group so they're fully motivated in a way that Italy very much weren't. I don't imagine Gareth Bale for example Ken, if he is attending the game tonight draping his arm around Roy Keane and having a great joke like Gigi Buffon did after the Italian game if the result is a negative one for Wales tonight.
3: No. Uh, no I don't think it's going to be like that and I mean that that was put to O'Neill in terms of well, you know great win against Italy and all but it was their B team, um, and, and they didn't have to win; they were already through. And O'Neill said, "Well, actually, I would have preferred to play the Italian, te- the Italian team that had played the previous games, because the guys that came in were all quality players from Serie A who were fit and fresh, and and trying to win themselves a place in the team. It was actually highly motivated." Was his view on that? So, so they were uh, they were uh, it was a very strong team. Um, in his opinion, I mean, the the significance of the Italy game, I think, was that it was a real back to the wall moment for Martin O'Neill, and I think in such moments a manager really kind of reverts to what he really believes in. You know, it's like, okay, uh, what am I going to go with now that it's it's all it's all here? This is it. If 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 we don't win this game, we're done. So what do I? How how do I win this game? You know, let's let's forget about all of the. You know, all the sort of sentiments, all of the, well, you've done us done so well to get us here. Forget about all that. What do I really want to have out there in the field? And what O'Neill went for was power. He said, I, I always remember the guy, I don't, know, I don't know who it was, but I remember the tweet. Uh, when when the team sheet came out for that game and it was like Duffy was in, you know, O'Shea was out and Clark was out, Duffy was in, McLean was in. Daryl Murphy was in, you know, he was out and I can't remember who, you know, he was coming out of the team, but <laughs> so this guy just tweeted when he saw the team selection, uh, O'Neal walks into the dressing room. All oh, right. Who's big and has tattoos? Yeah. Several hands go up, right. You're in. <laughs> so, uh, this was basically the, what, what the, the team was. It was a real kind of mean, tough, big, strong team that took immediately a very hard, physical approach to the game and really launched into Italy. Um, I mean, I can remember m- big tackles from you know Hendrick and McCarthy. Really uh, very borderline type of stuff. Real aggression was what Ireland showed. And, and I think it did it did rattle Italy. I mean, it certainly worked for Ireland. Ireland kind of got their teeth into the game very early. Uh, and throughout the whole game, played pretty well and were able to put quite a lot of pressure on Italy. You know, it's, it's, it is probably the best performance that Ireland have had. Since O'Neill took over, but that was what it was based on was, was physical strength and power. Like I think that is what O'Neill really uh, as a manager idealises. I mean if you think back to his Celtic team, it was full of these big lads who could play a bit. That was like his that 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 was that's his template. That's what he that's what he's looking for. He's definitely one of those. A good a good big one is better than a good little one. You know, that's his that's his attitude. And I think uh, for a game like this, which is a similar type of crunch game, um, he will he will go for that. He, I mean, Coleman was talking about like you know this is going to be it's not going to be like one of those games you see with the top boys in the Premier League where there's a lot of possession and all that. Don't think it's going to be one of those. <laughs> you know, there's going to be a lot of contact. You know, uh, two teams really going at each other. A lot of con- and you know he was talking about contact. I mean, th- remember this is this is in the context of. Of Coleman having been horribly injured in the last game, mm-hmm. and and there were questions to both managers about oh do you think that will affect the you know what happens here you know will will there be revenge? O'Neill was like revenge, um, you know maybe not. We're not going out there looking to break legs of Welsh players. Mm-hmm. But despite this injury that happened in the last game, both uh, well certainly Coleman was was kind of quite open about this is going to be a physical kind of a game, and I don't think Ireland are going to shrink from that. I think O'Neill will try and pick a team. That, that can do that that can give him that um, you know which is why I, th- I think certainly losing Long is yeah. is, is, a, is a major headache at this point because one thing that Long does have is you know power and, and aggression and you know physical sort of vigor and the, you know he's going to make it difficult for defenders and uh, we don't really have another striker in that mould. Mm,
0: thanks for now Ken we'll come back to you before the end of the show for uh, predictions sound good to you?
3: Yeah sounds good
0: Richie's here how are you Richie? The presenter of the
2: player's chair, Richie. is <laughs> here. Come on, uh, Owen, I thought, thought we'd been through here. this. Come on. Always great.
1: selling, isn't he? I just impressive. haven't heard an episode in a
0: couple of weeks, you know, so I I, I, I forgot about you. I know,
2: I've had 84 other different things on my work <laughs> schedule over the past fortnight. will be back soon. Including
0: on the panel on Friday night questioning Shane Long's place in the team and whether or not there should be a debate about Player hasn't scored in so long. That debate has been taken out of Martin O'Neill's hands now. He's injured. Are he you disappointed for long that he doesn't get a chance to put right the misses of Friday night?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a huge game. All comes down to this game and to be to realise this late that you're not going to play a part. Um, because I an mean, injury must be hugely disappointing. We don't know yet at this point what the injury is and when he picked it up and how long he'll be out for, but um I think yeah, the 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 discussion about whether he would have gotten his place is obviously it, it, there's no need for it now but um, the lack of alternative options of course is the thing that would have probably kept him in the team I think I don't think there is any other really strong candidate, which is reassuring to hear yeah. now that we know that he's out yeah exactly so which which now becomes the issue what does O'Neill do does he bring in another striker to replace him or does he add another midfielder
0: well the strikers would be Sean McGuire, Scott Hogan is there anyone else? Aidan O'Brien, Millwall in the squad. These guys aren't going to, none of these guys going to be brought out. it well, does, does pull the, rabbits from hats from time to time. The international,
2: combined international experience of all those three strikers is the 12 minutes Sean Maguire got on Friday night. Is Sean? Is this Sean Maguire punt and, and the fact that, you
1: know, he, he did quite well, buzzed around. Yeah, no, his uh, touch was nice. Yeah, It was, it was all good. Uh, and appeared to be a massive favourite with the fans. Uh, like, got a massive ovation. Is there something that Martin O'Neill doesn't want to, doesn't overthink this and just goes Maguire's my man and doesn't like second guess that decision whatsoever and we end up with Shawnee Maguire making his international debut in uh, like the biggest game we've played for the
2: last year and a half well I hope he does overthink and second guess all yeah. the options in his head I,
1: that's the question like do, is, is he the sort of guy who goes
2: you know mulls things over for like hours and hours on end or does he just go with his gut God I'd hope it's the first one I'd hope, I'd hope you'd consider all the options. And, and what those options are, as you said, aren't... They're not plentiful. Well, m- you, not if you're playing two strikers, but the
0: other yeah. option is Murphy and his own up front, and then you can bolster your midfield. Mm. And that might be a, a reason to leave Wes in the team. Yeah. We, which uh, would, Otherwise, we thought he'd probably be left out.
2: Because I thought, like, I, th- I think McLean and Brady will come in to the side from the ones that played Friday, which, in my view at the time, would mean... Wes and O'Dowd no probably wouldn't play because I think Myler and Hendrick will but now if you remove long from that and play Murphy up front on his own and have someone supporting him like McLean has played centrally supporting him but sometimes in the group Wes can do that role Brady could probably do that role centrally as well so if you have a five man midfield of Myler, Hendrick, McLean, Brady and Wes in whatever combination O'Neill sees fit to put them out in um, I think that's a decent midfield If he decides to put Wes in there, though, Mm. all this... Or if he goes with adding Glenn Whelan to Myler and Hendrick in the middle, which would give a different kind of a statement of intent. Do you want to add Whelan to a team instead of Long, or do you want to add Wes to a team instead of Long? There's no real need for Glenn Whelan if David Myler's there, is there? Well, it it would... It one of those decisions where you say, "Oh, that's a kind of a statement." <laughs> Up until That kind of <laughs> gives that's a little, it gives us a little indication of what's in O'Neill's mind ahead of the game. Up until
0: this news about Shane Long, mm. I didn't think w- Wes Hoolan had a chance of starting, given mm. everything that we know about what O'Neill thinks of him has been on display. And in how, the long last year, he play them, how long exactly? That's one yeah. of the things. So he played for so long that. It would put in doubt whether he could put another seventy nine minute shift in or whatever, or it would put that doubt into O'Neill's mind. He seems to be the one who has the doubts about putting these games back to back. The fact that it's an away match, uh, all all of those sorts of things would have uh, led me to believe that he wasn't gonna be in the reckoning, but maybe he will be now.
2: Yeah, all all the elements are there for an uh, 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 where's a who where's who had to be excluded because if it's a thing that's simply away games he's less likely to play, or if it's the type of game that O'Neill thinks this is going to be, we keep hearing that it's gonna be a you know, a, a physical, you no know, frantic, high tempo game, maybe lacking in moments of quality, um, similar to the, the the Wales home game, the two Scotland games in the previous campaign. Maybe he thinks Wes is not the type of player for that, that others are better suited, but and as well there's the age and the fitness question that O'Neill seems to have, not just O'Neill, I mean club managers as well, yeah over Wes. Can he play another game on a Monday after playing 79 minutes on a Friday at his age? Bloody hope so. Mm. (laughs) I'd love to think he could. There's uh, an issue
0: here if it is going to be, if there is going to be somebody out at the midfield and Daryl Murphy on his own up front. Mm -hmm. That is that Darrell Murphy is not Shane Long. I know he's got a couple of goals, so hopefully his confidence will be there. But we're going to be quite limited in... Mm -hmm options we have to stretch the Welsh defence. We can't just have Shane Long doing what he does best and really testing defenders and, and, Mm -hmm. and running off the ball it's Daryl Murphy, it's going to be a different type of yeah. thing. It's going to be very predictable what's going to go on there, I would have thought.
2: Yeah, Shane Long, one of the things he does really well, like he stretches defences very well because of his pace. Like the defenders are always kind of anxious to what position they'll take up and how much space to leave behind because Shane Long can take advantage of it. Murphy doesn't pose that threat at all. He's very immobile, he's big, he's good in the air, he's not particularly quick. Before Friday night, you wouldn't have thought he's clinical internationally anyway in front of goal. Um, I think if you were a defence and you were lining up against Daryl Murphy on his own, um, I think he'd probably be happy with that, given that, that the alternative could have been a Shane Long or maybe a second striker. So the service up to Murphy is going to have to be spot on. There's been loads of times in this group where we have played long ball, really simple stuff, but really played it poorly. Mm. Um, and if the service up to him is good, we're relying on him to you know outjump Williams or whoever he's up against. And for the second, whether it's a second striker or an advanced midfielder or one of the wide players to take a chance and to be positive in the runs that they make to, to anticipate Murphy winning the ball. It's not point launching it up to Murphy but then keeping it tight across the middle of the park and hedging your bets because you, you're outnumbered, you're positionally isolated. It's a difficult role to play up front on your own. And if the teammates aren't going to support you, you're bunched. So we're saying this long news is bad news, even though you had raised
0: the idea on Friday night that yeah, his I place to not be sacrosanct. It's not like you said he should be dropped, but you thought
2: that maybe... That's a debate worth having. Yeah, it's a conversation worth yeah, having. Yeah, it's absolutely a conversation because... And, and, and I think this is really the, an awful way to start the conversation. I think the strongest argument in favour of putting Long in the team is straight away well the lack of alternatives. And that's not being dismissive of what he can do. But in any other squad where you had four or five you know, reasonable options... You would look at Shane Long's performance, you look at his performance in front of goal, you look at his record, you'd try and read into his confidence and his self-belief and you look at tonight's game, and Adam O'Neill said this in the last few days, we absolutely need to be clinical. We're not going to create a hat full of chances, but the ones we do, we need to take. We need to score, we need to win. Can you really afford to have a player who we'd assume is rock-bottom confidence-wise as Shane Long is in terms of his goal-scoring ability? In a squad which has four or five really good striking options, I think the conversation about dropping Shane Long had he been fit and available would be well worth having. In this squad, it's it's a fairly weak argument to say Shane Long shouldn't play if he's fit because the alternative is to pick a fella who's played 12 minutes, yeah. pick a fella who's played no minutes, pick a fella who doesn't even play in that position. You start to sound daft if you say that Shane Long shouldn't play, but that's because of the, the relative weakness of the alternatives. Chris Coleman has said in the build up of this I think it'll be toe to toe end to end a
0: lot of contact and I think it'll be very exciting which a lot of that is probably going to be true mm. it, was, it sounds very similar to the build up to the game away to Scotland in the last qualifiers which did end up being fairly physical there was a lot, a lot of hefty tackles going in but one of the teams forgot to play football and that was us mm. Scotland were the only ones who really showed any sort of guile would you be concerned that we might get caught up in that idea this is a British football cup tie for one. I'm not saying. Yeah, not are you gonna, saying we're British? Exactly. Yeah. Before anything happens there, uh, players brought up in British football. Although I suppose a lot of them are brought up in the League of Ireland. Richie. So I'm talking myself into talking myself into uh, into trouble this here. This Part of the world, on. <laughs> this part of the world. Yeah. Um. The Britain plus Ireland, British plus, plus Irish football. Ireland plus Brit- are we going to fall into the trap of we have to get stuck and have to do all those things? Blood, blood, the blood is up without playing the football that we need to play to get a win tonight.
2: I think that is a danger. I mean, to go back to the Scotland away game, I remember working on that and thinking all the things you just said. Like mm. we, 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 I think we were right to expect it to be a physical game and we approached it on that basis. But in the moments which required some bit of composure or thought, of level-headedness, we just seemed to lack completely. Now tonight, like I'd imagine in, in, the, in the dressing room, because of what's at stake, Can you imagine the adrenaline? Can you imagine the excitement and and the buzz in the dressing room going like we're... After tonight's game, we're going to be first, second or third. It's all coming down to tonight and the campaign is going to be remembered largely on how tonight goes. So for all those elements and for the amount of people watching and what's at stake, you'd assume adrenaline's going to be high. But then you know you're going to have someone in the dressing room piping up going, you know, let's do this for Seamus. There's always someone who's going to say something like that and if... I don't know if Taylor's going to be involved. He hasn't been recently, but... the intensity, which is going to be required from the Irish performance, is going to be obvious, but a bit of composure is required too. And not everyone can combine the two. Um, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to play at the peak of your, your kind of adrenaline and tempo and be frantic and be physical. And in you know, all the euphemisms we use, you know, let's get in their faces, let them know they're in a game, let's win the battle. That can be misinterpreted by certain players and they just kind of headless clowns.
0: Will there be a let's do it for Seamus element to it, do you think?
2: I don't know. I think every squad I would have been in, there always would have been at least one fellow who'd say it. And then, obviously, you'd you'd have maybe the older, wiser head say, listen, it's not about that. It's not about revenge. It's not about retribution. Let's just stick to our jobs. The problem, I suppose, with this Irish team is it's unclear what specific jobs that some of them have. There isn't often a a pattern or a trend or an obvious strategy when you watch the Irish team as to what they actually do. But you would hope that, yeah, compete fully, you know, all those things, win the battle, get in their faces, (laughs) do all those things, but for God's sake, keep 11 on the pitch. That lack of an obvious
0: strategy has been one of the black marks of the O'Neill reign, but do you still retain the sense that this is his kind of match, that O'Neill's Ireland have pulled it off in big one-off games in the past? He's been talking a lot about the game against Italy in Lille, that this is, his biggest strength has always been motivation and getting players to believe that they're possibly better than they are and they're able for this kind of a match. Is that, is that, is that Martin O'Neill of years ago, or is that still the Martin O'Neill that we know as Ireland manager?
2: It, w- it was certainly the Martin O'Neill of years ago, but in relation to results over, the la- over his term in the Ireland manager, he can claim that too. Like the Germany one, the Bosnia playoff performance, the Italy one, even maybe the Austria one earlier in the campaign, these are these are big, big results. And and it's not an Irish squad that has to harp on to or, or has to look back in the achievements of previous Irish teams. So, you know, remember remember what we did against Holland. You know, all those things like none of those players were involved in that. So they have personal recent experience as a group of performing against big teams and getting big results. You wonder why though this didn't
0: come through against Serbia or... I know. That's couple, the biggest flaw. Of, a couple like couple home games. They were as big as this game. This yeah. game has become so massive because we've dropped stupid points yeah. such as in Georgia
2: and in a situation where actually we could be going... F- we could be easily in a position to win mm. this group. That's we- absolutely the flip side to this argument. So, well, if he is a motivator, if he gets players to perform above their level, um, how do you possibly play the way we did against Georgia away and drop points or even Georgia at home earlier in the group? Or any of the other results, or, or the performance that we've seen in this group. I mean, if you're a manager or a group of players that always produce when you need to produce, you win tournaments because you just always produce when you need. To and we don't obviously do that. I, I it's so hard to predict what's going to happen tonight. Mm. Because is
1: there, is there a case though that you know the first half of the qualification campaign went so well that in the back of our heads it was like, okay, a couple of draws now we might nearly see us home and there was kind of a, an equivocation in our players heads that okay you know it'll be okay we'll you know we'll draw against serbia you know it'll probably work out all right now we're in a hole you know we've mm. gotten a couple of lucky breaks over the past 3 days so that's fine but we're still in a massive hole mm. we have to go to a, to wales and win the game so there's no, it's all duck or no dinner now. You know, it's like, we got to just go and win the game now. And it gets a lot less complicated. D-
2: all duck or no dinner? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> no, all duck or no dinner? I mean, what does
1: that mean? It's, you know, you've you've got, it's either you're eating duck for dinner or you don't have any dinner you're whatsoever. You're talking to a
0: couple of dubs here, if this might be
1: an outside the pale phrase, isn't it? Well, I would, I would say so. All judging by no...
0: myself and Richie's
1: blank stares. All duck equals an extremely nice dinner. Yeah. No dinner equals no dinner. So it's, you know, the options are clear. Did you mm-hmm. often we, have
2: duck for dinner growing up? Rarely had duck, actually. Well, the duck again, was an extravagance in St. Oregon in the We the don't 1980s.
1: qualify for tournaments yeah. all that often. There's the duck uh, in question. The Win, no dinner winner winner is or bust the usual. Win or winner, or bust, we'd shit or get off the pot. So exactly. There qualification
2: is the duck in this. Yes, okay. precisely. Yeah. Or we're hungry with no dinner. Yes, precisely. We've, we've not qualified. We haven't had our dinner. That's it. The problem, I suppose, with <laughs> let's move on from that. The, 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 I think the biggest thing, like there's there's confidence to be gained from the performance the other night. The biggest flaw with that is, look at who we were playing against. And I think there's a, there's a trap we might fall into if at the end of the game it hasn't gone our way and we haven't played poorly, we look back in the run of the last five or six performances and say, actually, Moldova at home, m- mainly in the first 45 or 60 minutes, is really the only kind of bright spark and we were on a fairly poor run of performances and results and we don't look like a team that can score goals and we're going into tonight's game with a striker who before Friday had only scored once in his international career and the backup strikers haven't even played so our scoring record has been appalling like I think we're the lowest scoring team of any of the teams that could go to the tournament is that right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, these we, we, th- these stats have changed so much over the day to day that I'm not right. sure exactly where it's at at the moment. I mean, but before Friday night's much,
2: game, yeah. look, like, I think we'd scored nine goals in in eight games, mm-hmm. and then even against Moldova, who hadn't won a competitive game in four years, had conceded twenty goals. We scored two early on, and then for seventy minutes couldn't add to it. So our our problem is 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 creating and scoring goals. We need to win tonight. So it is an unreal type fixture to go back to your the question a little while ago in that. Um. I don't think it's going to be about kind of strategies and tactics and and, and cleverness and really well worked uh, patterns of play all week because from my looking at the game or the the, the the suggestions from people closer to the squad we don't do that in training anyway. So it is going to be a similar game to the Scotland games. I can't see it being wholly different from the Wales home game um with hopefully the obvious differences that we score. I want to get your prediction uh, after
0: you give me after you give me a key player on either side? A key player yeah. on either well, side. Well, maybe on the
2: Irish team. Who who are you looking at who has to have the game of their lives Well, do you know what? I think it's a huge, huge role for Daryl Murphy. Mm. It's it's massive now. Now that we presume he's definitely playing now. Um, if he's on his own, then he's going to be the focal point of everything. Mm. Like, if, I don't know, if Wes is going to play and, and if Wes does play, well then, Obviously, he's a central role. I, I don't know. I, I, I just. Can you see Wes playing? Can no. you see Martin O'Neill picking Wes? Like he has, he has other options. He can bring in Whelan. He can.
1: He just, I think he's more likely to pick Shawny McGuire than he can yeah. pick Wes Whelan.
2: Ooh. <sighs> mm. I Yeah. I think if we get a big, big performance from Daryl Murphy, and and in my head, I can't think of. Reference point I would have from Dal Murphy's international career that I would want him to repeat. So give us go on Murphy. Yeah,
1: but there is there is, you know, you you all sit down and say right, well, if our strikers aren't scoring, then you know, what are the chances of us actually getting a goal? But we do manage to score goals from unlikely sources. Well, like James McLean, I think he was top scorer before. James Duffy f- from yeah. a set from a set piece. You know, like there there, there are ways to score goals. You know, not through your strikers and not through your midfielders and not through. You know a uh, 15 minute of period Of concerted pressure Basically what I'm saying is We can pox this You know And, and then uh, <laughs> yeah if, like,
2: Robbie Brady's going to come back in So he'll take over All the set pieces And he hasn't always been Great at that Like in the, the last couple of games A month ago there, there was a lot of Free kicks and corners That weren't delivered Particularly well So if he gets on his game in, in, in terms of delivery That'll be important McLean He is a goal threat He can create He has pace But he also has A temperamental um character which you would hope the opposition don't hone in on tonight. I mean I would. If I was in that Wales dressing room and I was going into a game like this, whoever was closest to McLean you say, absolutely get inside this fella's head. Poke away at him. See see where the see where the weak spots are. McLean's
0: our man, I think. McLean's our key man tonight. I think He's gonna uh, come up with something. So what do you reckon? All duck or no dinner?
2: That's that means or so are, are we or are gonna we not? gonna be eating duck for dinner I'd tonight? Predict to or are me. we gonna have no food? Mm-hmm. We're going to finish first, second, or third in the group. Well, no, even a playoff place oh. is, is all duck. Oh, jeez. Are we going to win the game? I, I, I'm going to say I hope so. Poor Reggie's
0: distraught at this. I,
2: well, like, it's, it's, like, there's so much at stake. Like, we're going like, to, like, to use the duck or hungry thing, like, there's a world of difference between both. We're going to be absolutely on top of the world tonight or gutted. Ah, Listen. Will we win? <laughs> <laughs> You're now asking me. <laughs> of course we will. Oh yeah, that's that's that's, that's the
0: spirit. Despair. Thanks Richie. Cheers lads. Over the moon,
1: emotional. It's, it's unbelievable. It's Stuttgart, it's New Jersey. They're all rolled into one another big, big scalp when it was needed most. Leon, here we go. <laughs>
0: Let's get back over to Cardiff to check in with Ken before we wrap things up. We didn't talk too much about the Welsh approach to this game, Ken, uh, other than the cult-like devotion of their players to the, the Welsh cause. What are you expecting from them tonight? Do We have any? Uh, we heard Chris Coleman saying that they've got nothing to fear. Do Ireland have anything to fear with a bail as well?
3: Wales? Well, I mean, the only thing Ireland have to fear is, is the same thing Wales have to fear, which is, you know, failure. Um, everything ending in, in disappointment after all this time, not going to the World Cup. I mean, there are all the things that, you know, those things will weigh on Wales as well. I mean, Coleman and the players, are obviously, trying to be super positive. They're like, we won't, con- we won't uh, consider any negative thoughts. You know, like they've gone, they're that far gone. Like, <laughs> it's almost, they're almost insane. like, they're just like, we will not consider any negative thoughts, because the moment you start considering those thoughts then you get a negative, believe me. This is Coleman sort of talking some sort of law of attraction type stuff yesterday. But, you know, there is... I mean, there's obviously nothing to fear. It's just a football game. You know, at the end of it, like, everyone will go home. Nothing will change in anybody's life, and that's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, provided that you are a football player or supporter, you're into this, then, yeah, you do have something to fear. You know, you, you, you have something to lose. You have You have the World Cup to lose. Um, and I think that's probably going to weigh on Wales more than it is on us because they think they should win whereas we kind of know we don't really deserve to win <laughs> I mean I don't know how you feel about it Owen but we clearly don't deserve to go to the World
0: I sort of feel we're I getting mean, a few breaks we're getting enough break with this Scotland result yesterday Ken. If I kind of feel the stars are aligning somewhere. if
1: your name's on the cup your name's on the cup
3: Ken <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean I, I felt sorry for Scotland uh, when they were playing <laughs> The Scotland game was on. We were sort of, it was just after Martin O'Neill's press conference. People were watching it in the press conference room. You know, obviously interested to see what was happening. They were winning at first and then kind of went to uh, 1 all, 2 1 to Slovenia. And I swear the sounds changed from jubilation at Scotland's kind of, uh, you know, uh, failure to sympathy as they missed chance after chance to equalise. That you could hear this, the, the people going, "Oh no!" Like people actually were feeling sorry for them. These are journalists who, you know, Irish journalists who wanted them to lose or or not win because, you know, that would, for for very specific professional reasons. And yet still, there was this sympathy for Scotland. I mean, they've just had so many kind of close, close shaves, near misses. Whereas we have been terrible. Like we've been terrible all year. Uh, you know, we've we've we barely scored a goal. We couldn't beat anyone. Uh, any, any of the, the three big teams in our group at home. And yet we've got a great chance of going to the World Cup. You know, if they, if we win this game tonight, I think that will scare Wales. Because one of the things that, that, um, that Coleman was talking about is like the irrelevance of history. Um, Wales haven't qualified for the World Cup since 1958. Don't come in here talking to me about 1958. 1958 has nothing to do with these players. They weren't even born then. Which is true. Uh, this is a, a new generation of Welsh players. They've mainly only known successful times. But, it is, but it's also the case that Wales... The fans all know that Wales haven't, <clears throat> haven't qualified for a World Cup uh, since 1958. Uh, they are a country that has failed many, many times in, in qualification. Even if it's not so familiar to these players, it is familiar to the fans. And the longer the game goes on in a closer, or nervous situation where it looks like Wales might might be struggling to, to get the win they need, the more worried the fans are going to be. And I think that's that's a situation in which Ireland can maybe capitalise because if you remember, Ireland have been much better away from home um, in this group than they have been at home. We actually asked Darren Randolph yesterday why that might be and he had absolutely no idea.
0: <laughs> Sounds like the Randolph meets the press didn't go too well yesterday, Ken. Give us a quick pre- prediction. Are we going to do it?
3: um i doubt it Owen. i doubt it but clearly clearly uh clearly we could do it i mean there's nothing to stop us winning this mm-hmm. game um i i mean it's not as so though wales are, are much better than us i don't think they are i think we've got two very even teams here uh i'm gonna say wales because they're the ones who are at home and they've got they've got more of a i think they they know more what they're about like i mean like I was saying earlier, I think they all have a, they they understand the system, and they've been doing it for a while. There's nothing really new here. Whereas what we're doing, uh, we kind of tend to change a little bit from game to game. Um, I'm not I'm not so sure. I think I think Wales probably probably will do. But again, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Ireland, uh, if we were talking tomorrow about how how wrong I was, because uh, you know it is that it's just a very even game between two not very good sides. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Owen.
0: Thanks, Murph. Thanks, Owen. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks, See you in the World Service tomorrow for a full breakdown of Ireland's victory versus Wales and how we somehow ended up topping the table. Talk to you then. <laughs> <laughs> it? gone, is that? It's the second time it's gone oh. they Never go home. They
1: never go home. They never go home. Those, those, The second captain's World Service.